Welcome to the Huddle College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Gilbert, and college football season is finally here. It's been a long, long offseason with a lot of interesting news, but now it's time to play. It's time to get on the field. It's time to watch some games. This is the best weekend in the whole calendar year, in my opinion. Uh, you have games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, today on Friday afternoon, um, we've already watched Week Zero. We've already watched Northwestern upset Nebraska. We've already watched the instant classic and the backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pitt. We watched Penn State sneak out a win versus Purdue last night. Um, but now we turn to the weekend. There's a full, full slate on the Friday and Saturday games. Um, and we're going to do things a little differently this year. So instead of using the traditional uh, podcast format, doing one episode a week, an in-depth long episode, we're actually going to break it down into a few different smaller episodes. We're going to huddle up during the week and give you all the information you need to know, none of the information you don't, and try to keep the episodes smaller. Uh, much like an actual huddle, you get in, get the information you need, get out so that you can be well-informed for the rest of your week. So this is what's going on. We're going to quickly run over some of the best matchups during the week. Uh, these are the games that if you had to only watch about 10 games, these are the games you need to turn on. First up on Friday, Virginia Tech travels to Old Dominion at 7 o'clock, um, and Virginia Tech is only favored by 6 in this game. Uh, Virginia Tech with the new head coach, Brent Pry, is looking to show us who they are for the first time since Fuente was fired. This transfer quarterback, Grant Wells, is electric. He came from Marshall. Uh, he's been dominant in his time there, but because he's at Marshall, nobody's really had a chance to lay eyes on him. Um, so he will make his debut against a team that really isn't a layup. Uh, in fact, ODU beat them just under four years ago. So this will be a great first test for this extremely young team. Uh, I think Brent Pry is building a culture of toughness. He's still got talent on that team. Um, but they need to have a defensive-minded approach um, and just physically dominate ODU. They need to set the tone for their year because they have some intense matchups coming up. They really, really need to figure out who they are quick if they're going to survive in the ACC this year. Next up, we have Illinois traveling to Indiana Friday also at 8 p.m. Um, and Indiana's favored by a point and a half in this game. Uh, Illinois absolutely needs this game to go bowling. Their secondary is one of the absolute best in the country. Uh, but this defense is hoping to carry them to bowl season. Last year, nobody expected them to be good, and their defense showed up for them time and time again. This Illinois team is always good for a few upset wins. Uh, last year, they beat Penn State. But even though they're not favored in this game, in my eyes, they're already the much better team. Um, this Indiana team is pretty depleted, um, and I do think that Illinois walks away with this one, even though they're not favored. Now to the Saturday slate, number 11 Oregon travels to a quote-unquote neutral site game uh, in Atlanta against number 3 Georgia Saturday at 3.30. Uh, Georgia is favored by 17 points in this game, so one of the largest point spreads of the entire weekend. Um, but as crazy as it sounds, this UGA team is actually underrated in my opinion. They are my pick to repeat as champions this year. I have them playing against Ohio State in the national championship game. Um, and it's because even if this defense might take a step back, even if it regresses 10 to 15%, that's a slight regression from one of the best defenses of all time. Uh, that's easy to stomach when you pair it with the returning production on offense. They didn't really lose anybody besides running backs that had intense, meaningful snaps. George Pickens really didn't play the whole year. 
their best playmakers were freshmen last year, and now you add in other guys like Eric Gilbert. This team is going to be electric on offense. Um, I don't think that people are paying enough attention to the fact that it really does mean something that Stetson has been here playing football for six seasons. This is his sixth season, but it's his first one as the starter, the same offensive coordinator he's had the last few years. I really think Stetson is trying to establish himself as an actual starter in the minds of the public, and I think that he is not going to let off the gas pedal this year. So Oregon is still one of the most talented teams in the country. It's not like Mario left the cupboard bare, um, but their O-line and their D-line is not just Pac-12 good. It's one of the best in the entire country. They have players that Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State tried to get, but they went up to Oregon. So this is going to be a legit Oregon team, but I still think that UGA is just still too talented, and I do have them locking this thing up in the third quarter. Also Saturday at 3.30, number 23 Cincinnati travels to number 19 Arkansas, and this game might be the most fun game out of the entire week. Cincinnati lost an insane amount of talent, but if they can get past Arkansas, they still have the talent and, of course, the coaching to go undefeated in conference play. On the other hand, Arkansas is not going to get much credit for beating Cincinnati at home. But a loss can set the stage for massive disappointment as Arkansas has one of the toughest schedules in the country. So this should be a hard-nosed, run-heavy slugfest between two great coaches. I think it's a must-win for both teams. Um, I do think, unfortunately for Cincinnati, that Arkansas is a little bit more physical. I think that um, just the coaching that they have in place, the culture that they have in place is going to allow them to wrap this thing up uh, by the end of the third quarter. I do think Arkansas wins by about 10 points, um, but I do think it's still going to be very exciting to watch these two teams knock each other out. Next up, the Urban Meyer Bowl. Number 7 Utah travels down to the Swamp to play Florida Saturday at 7 o'clock. It'll be a great night game environment. Uh, Utah is actually favored by 3 points, um, and this is because Utah is a legit playoff contender. This is a game that I'm probably going to be the most tend into. I think Florida and Utah are essentially opposite teams. Um, Utah is not as talented, but has one of the best coaching staffs in the country. The job that Kyle Whittingham has done up there is unparalleled, in my opinion. Um, but on the other hand, Florida has the talent. Even though Dan Mullen got run out of the room essentially because of his recruiting, it's not like he didn't recruit well. He just wasn't recruiting top five level. He had some top 10 classes, top 15 classes. The talent is there, um, but it's just a matter of what what they do with it. So it's really a battle of nature versus nurture. I think we'll learn a lot about these teams as they go strength on strength with Florida's offense, with Utah's defense, and it'll be interesting to see who can stand up in the trenches and establish that line of scrimmage because Utah is a Pac-12 team, um, but they are very, very well coached. So I think Utah does end up with the win. I think they win by about a touchdown, and I think this starts their season off in a really great way for them to make some noise this year. Next up, we have number 5 Notre Dame traveling to take on the second-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes in the shoe at night, 7 o'clock, Saturday night. And Ohio State is favored much like Georgia was by 17 points. So if Ohio State is going to have a great year this year, it's because they have dramatically improved their defense. Everybody knows this. Everybody's talking about this, the addition of Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator in the offseason. Um, and this team needs to be a top 20 defense. I think actually going up against Notre Dame will be more of a test than people think. 
Um, I think for the first time on this podcast, I'm going to say that Notre Dame might be underrated. Um, and I hate saying that, but I do think Ohio State may struggle early just because uh, they are going up against a Notre Dame team that is coached by a defensive-minded coach that has been there. So even though it's a new coach, uh, this is a coach that has a lot of respect. He commands a lot of excellence from his team. And I think Ohio State's not going to be able to just cruise to a win. However, I do think Ohio State will ultimately win just because of the overwhelming amount of talent they have at the wide receiver position, the quarterback position, the running back position. They're just loaded still. So I do think Ohio State ends up with the win um, probably by about 14 points. Number 24, Houston travels to play the UTSA Roadrunners Saturday at 3.30. Uh, Houston is favored by four points in this game. And if you don't know anything about Houston this year, this is a great time to learn now. Houston may very well be the best G5 team in the nation, led by electric quarterback Clayton Toon. Um, but UTSA is a very, very tough game to start the season. They were almost undefeated last year. They are a very fun team to watch if you haven't seen them yet. Uh, this is maybe one of their hardest matchups all year going up against UTSA right at the beginning. So if you want to know anything about this Houston team before they become cool, before they become the Cinderella team this season, you might want to tune in and watch them now, be ahead of the curve. I do think this Houston team ends off pulling up the win, but it's not going to be pretty. Also Saturday at noon, the Tar Heels travel to play App State at App State, um, and UNC is only favored by one point. I know this may sound dramatic, but I think this game might be the most important one for UNC all year. They looked awful in their first game. Yes, Drake may had five touchdowns. I understand that. But they did not look like they were head and shoulders above a very bad team. They should have been dominating on both sides of the ball, and their defense just let the other team run all over them. So I think that if they get beat again, by this App State team for the second time in Mac Brown's tenure, um, the players might start to quit on him. Mac Brown is a great coach, but with all the talent that they have started to accrue there uh, in Carolina, I do think that they need to step it up. This needs to be their year, their jump, their leap that nobody is expecting. They need to get back to relevancy if they're going to keep up the talent that they have flowing in there right now. Um, I think that this needs to be their statement game, their jumping off point. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think App State's actually going to beat them. Um, and it might not be pretty if you are a Tar Heel fan. I think this might be a big wake-up call for what's coming and potentially put Mac Brown on the hot seat talk. All right, on Sunday and Monday, there were only one game per day. Um, the first day, Sunday, Florida State travels to play LSU. Technically a neutral site game, but it's in New Orleans. Uh, in the Superdome, and LSU is favored by three. So I think these two teams are two of the most wild-card programs in all of college football this year. Both these programs have gone from winning national championships in the last decade uh, to having the bottom fall out in a matter of months. So I think with newer head coaches in place, this game is a must-get for either team as they both have brutal schedules coming up. As far as a prediction goes, I think if Florida State can hold up physically in the trenches, I think they're going to win. Um, but if not, LSU is going to have this one. You cannot go up against LSU, even if they are on a down year and not beat them in the trenches. It's still the SEC. They still play like it. Um, so I think if Florida State can match their physicality, they have a great chance of winning. Finally, the last game of the weekend, number four Clemson travels to play Georgia Tech in the second edition of the Chick-fil-A kickoff on Monday at 8 p.m. Um, and they are favored by 22 points. 
This one might look boring, but this should really tell us a lot about who Clemson is. Are they still struggling to blow out one of the worst this one looks boring, um, but it should tell us a lot about who Clemson is. Are they still struggling to blow out one of the worst Power 5 teams, or do they get a rhythm on offense for the first time since 2020? So I do think they're a potentially star quarterback in the making, Cade Klebnik. I think he will get in, but is he coming in because they're struggling against Georgia Tech, or is he coming in because they're up five touchdowns in the fourth quarter and they need him to get some experience? So this will be a barometer for Clemson. I know it's just Georgia Tech, but they should be able to blow the doors off of Georgia Tech. They almost lost to them last year at home. I don't know if you remember that one. So this needs to be a game where they get back to Clemson form the way we know it. Um, if, they, if they don't, even if they win this one, but they win it by seven or they win it by 10, um, there's going to be a lot of questions coming for Dabo Sweeney. There's going to be a lot of questions in regards to the staffing changes this offseason, is Clemson falling out of relevancy, blah, blah, blah. So I think that they really need to make a statement in this game and uh, capture the attention of the nation. We're going to end the show with some best bets. Uh, we only have four of them. Uh, we have Utah minus three at Florida. Like I said, I think Utah is simply the better team, and I think that they're going to win by a touchdown or more. Um, and then next up, we have Virginia Tech minus six at ODU. I think that they're at least a touchdown better, even if they are trying to figure some kinks out with a new staff, a new quarterback. They're still a touchdown better than ODU, even though it's on the road. There's going to be so many Virginia Tech fans there. It's ridiculous. Next up, we have Illinois plus one and a half at Indiana. I think this Indiana team missed their window, to be honest with you. I think it was back in 2020. Um, they set the world on fire. Uh, nobody expected them to be as good as they were, and they needed to keep that momentum last year, and they let the flame die out, and now they got to start all over. So I think this Illinois team is a good, disciplined team. They have a great defense. They play much like Iowa does, where they're not going to try to do anything fancy, but they're basically going to wait for you to mess up. And uh, if you've watched Indiana football, you know they mess up quite a bit. So I have them winning this one, even though they are an underdog, but just slightly at one and a half points. And finally, Arizona at San Diego State. San Diego State is favored by six and a half points. Um, Arizona was an insanely good one-win team last year. They actually fought really hard. They were very close to winning more games. And San Diego State is supposed to be a pretty good team this year. So I think Arizona knows that. I think they know that this can be... Maybe they're jumping off point, and I think that they're at least going to keep it close. It's still a Power 5 team. Uh, they still have some talent on that team, and I think uh, their want to and their grit is going to at least push them into a dogfight. So I might lose this one. They might lose by a touchdown, um, but I really think that this Arizona team is here to stay. They're trying to make something happen, and they're not just going to roll over this year. That is all we have for y'all on this episode. Thank y'all for huddling up with us. Enjoy the long weekend. Soak it all up. College football is finally back, and we will see y'all later next week.